Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Welcome to our first fully live sermon in a very long time, which I'm super excited about. I am in my studio as usual, and I, am, I have a socially distanced Ruth Fever sitting at my computer who is overseeing everything from the tech side today. So massive thanks to her. Um, so Karen, Karen and I have been away this week. It was a great week away, um, but in some ways it's been a really tough week. Karen sent me out for a walk because she's a good wife and who knows what's best for me uh, most of the time. And as I was out walking, I was praying and it seemed right in the spirit to speak this week about freedom. Let me ask, what say you of freedom? To understand freedom, I think we need to understand our lack of it. Um, I, know, I know what it's like to be bound up and almost enslaved by things, uh, things that no one outside of me is directly causing. You know, I'm not talking about Old Testament slavery or even the slave trade, but seemingly an internal slavery, things that bind me up and stop me living in the fullness of life that I should have. Things like fear, fear of what others might say or if I do X or Y. Things like temptation, temptation to try and deal with stress and anxiety through eating and eating. This is something that's had a massive impact on me that I've become acutely aware of during lockdown. Maybe like me, you can pinpoint areas of your life where you're not experiencing the freedom that you might like to have. There are always things in our lives that bind us up and hold us back, even those of us who might consider ourselves Christians. So it clearly isn't something that changes overnight. At least that's partially true. And I'll come back to why in a bit. Have you ever found that your experience doesn't define your reality? Many people in the church and the wider community are dealing with that reality that they're, the reality they're unemployed, that they are employed, whilst much of their lived out experience uh, right now is that they live lives where they aren't employed. You know, they're not going to work, but they are still technically employed due to the furlough scheme. They live in this conflict and contrast between their, the truth that they know and the reality that they experience. And what's the impact of that? Well, stress. When we live out two different realities, it puts a stress and a strain on us. We know one thing to be true, but when our experience tells us something else, there's an increased strain on our minds, our emotions, and physically as well on our bodies, which is something we might not always expect. I've recently been reading a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, and it seems we're the only creature able to have physical symptoms from mental stress. Zebras don't worry about the rent or the mortgage payment, whether they're going to be employed next week or not. We have the ability to worry ourselves ill. So even from a secular perspective, living in the conflict has a direct impact on our emotional, mental and physical well-being. So what can be done about it? Well, clearly, you've tuned in today to watch, uh, see a church online. Um, we, we are a church. This isn't a TED talk. I'm not going to give you some sort of motivational talk. The good news that is available to us today is that we have the good news. We have the truth of the gospel. 
Jesus tells us in John 10.10 that he came that we might have life and have it to the full or have it in abundance. He came to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captives, to set the oppressed free, as Jesus tells us, uh, as is recorded in Luke chapter 4. Jesus came to bring freedom to those who do not know freedom. Way back in Eden, they had freedom, freedom to know God, to walk with him, to know fullness of relationship with each other and with God. There was no questioning fidelity, motives or sin in their relationships. They had true freedom. And then sin entered the garden. Pain and suffering were close behind. The freedom to walk with God openly disappeared. But with the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, and his death and his resurrection, open relationship with God became possible again. Jesus spanned the bottomless chasm between us and God and made a way for us to come to the Father and to know him and to know his freedom if we choose to believe in the saving power of Jesus. Maybe today is the day to take steps towards God, the God the Father, by choosing to believe in Jesus and to walk forward with him. Choose to believe in his perfect life, his death, uh, uh, his perfect sacrifice on your behalf and the possibility of restored relationship with God, relationship that is the fullness of freedom, all possible by choosing to believe and know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you might be going, but Craig, you're setting up two different things again. Um, but the gospel truly is good news. We have freedom in Christ. We can have freedom in Christ. Some of you will be thinking, Craig, you set up another picture of two truths and uh, different experience. And yes, you might be right. Coming to the knowledge of the gospel, of the good news, is like the first checkpoint on a journey. I know when I go, um, to go on long journeys, we often plan in a stop-off point to stop at services, to get some more fuel, get some snacks and stuff like that, give the kids the opportunity to go to the loo. Um, you know, they, they're often these first checkpoints, much like in Pilgrim's Progress as well. It can seem like there are checkpoints in life that we check into from time to time. When we consider the four Gospels, they all point to Jesus and to what he did in his life, what he taught and what he knew to be true about his own identity. After the Gospels comes the book of Acts, written by the same author as the book of Luke. And what we discover there is that following his resurrection and ascension, the work and power of the Gospel didn't end. He told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the comforter, the helper, the enabler to arrive. Who was this? It was the Holy Spirit. Cheryl spoke so eloquently earlier about the fire coming. And that's what we read about in Pentecost. Um, you know, at the Feast of Pentecost, the disciples were gathered in an upper room in the city of Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit turned up, working in the disciples, equipping them with works of miracles, enabling them to speak in different languages of all those gathered, uh, the language of all those gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. We read of the apostles being able to perform miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see people's hearts being changed by the hearing of the good news and people in their droves turning and following Jesus. The freedom journey had begun. Freedom from the law and the power of sin. Freedom to come and know God just as you are. Knowing that Jesus had paid the price. It wasn't about fulfilling requirements any longer. There was one requirement to follow Jesus 
to know Jesus. And the great thing is that it was and still is a grace gift to us and it's open to us today. There's nothing we can do to earn it. It is a gift of God to you and me today. It is astounding. The beginnings of Galatians, at the beginning of Galatians 5, it says this, for freedom Christ has set us free. He set us free to know and experience freedom and yet still there's even better news. He doesn't leave us in the gap. He doesn't leave us with this uh, dichotomy of um, knowing you have freedom but not experiencing it. He doesn't leave us in the gap. He doesn't it gives us a way to fully experience freedom. He just doesn't declare it true. He gives us a way to experience it as well. Second Corinthians 3 verse 17 tells us that the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Who arrived on that day, the day of Pentecost 2000 or so years ago? The Holy Spirit sent by, by the Father in Jesus' name, the one who exists within us, just like Cheryl said earlier, um, Exists within us when we know Jesus, the one who is our comforter, who is our advocate, the one who Jesus said would teach us and remind us of all that Jesus said, the one who would testify about Jesus. I'm not going to put it up on the screen, but if you go and look at John 14 and 15, you'll find the, this wonderful description of what the Holy Spirit does. So we aren't left in a pit of despond. That's not to say we won't find ourselves there from time to time. But we aren't left there. God gives us a way to experience freedom in him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has brought, brought us the truth of our freedom and sent us the one who enables the experience of freedom in God, the Holy Spirit. And when we live lives where we continually turn to God, even in the very darkest of times, in the times of stress, we will discover freedom. When we live lives that are listening to the word of God, the leading of the spirit, there we will discover freedom. When we're part of the church, we're so, if, I'm so grateful that remotely I've been able to meet with God uh, on my walks and things like that. But more so when we gather as a body of believers and God turns up by his Holy Spirit, we find renewing and freedom as we live in and encounter lives of the spirit. Romans 8 tells us, I'm just going to find it quickly um, so I can read it through and then I'll, I'll stop off at different points. Um, it says this, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news. Um, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Jesus fulfilled the law in our place. We have righteousness, not through our own doing, but through Jesus works by what he did for us it says for god has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit so there's a decision for us to make do we choose to walk in the flesh, walk in the old way of things according to our own sinful desires, the ways that we used to decide to live and maybe we still decide to live? Do we get angry and het up? Do we hit out? Or do we recognise our feelings and choose to do things God's way? Uh, where am I? Right to the spirit. Um, 
For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Uh, it, it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. When we come to know Jesus, the Holy Spirit is given us as a gift. And he then dwells within us as a seal on our hearts of our salvation. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, as Paul reminds us in his letter to the Corinthians. We also experience additional outpourings of the Spirit at times. Moments when we know the special empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. The times that he calls us to step up and step out. The moments of comfort when we're going through trials. The Spirit equips us to experience the freedom of God, true freedom in Christ, when we turn to him, when we listen to him, and when we are obedient to his lead. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we come to experience the true freedom that has been given to us by the work of Christ on the cross. We don't just live under a truth that has changed us overnight and struggle to realise the reality of that truth. No, we are equipped by God to live in the freedom that he has given us out of his mercy and his outrageous grace. Life by the power of the Spirit is a life of peace, a life of balanced life. It's a, a life that when trials come, they do not make us fear, but only make us draw nearer to God, nearer to Christ and nearer to the Spirit. Many of us will be facing trials in our lives right now that are making us question our lives, our faith and the reality that we live in. Let me encourage you, though, even though times are hard, everything seems out of balance. Even still, God is there. If you believe in Jesus, the spirit is there to comfort you. He's there to guide you and to help you through this trial. When we turn to the spirit, he points us to Jesus and it's promised that when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. This promise is yes and amen. He, he doesn't leave us in the pit of despond, but draws, us near, draws near to us as we seek to draw near to him. Even when we are as far from God as we might like to make ourselves, he is there. Psalm 139 reminds us that even in the darkest places, God will meet us there. Before I close, let me provide something practical for us. We're called to live lives of freedom, lives not of conflict between truth and our experience reality, but instead a greater discovery of the true reality that changes overnight. The moment we come to the knowledge of Jesus as our saviour. This is a journey of discovery that has base camp at the start. Base camp is knowing Jesus. Um, and that, but then he takes us on the journey of a lifetime of realising moment by moment, day by day, month by month, year by year, decade by decade. He, may, he takes on a journey of realising what freedom means for us until one day 
we know the fullness of freedom in Christ when we dwell in his kingdom at the full. So what can we do? Well, we can choose to get into the word, even when we don't feel like it. The Holy Spirit reminds us of what Jesus teaches us, but it sure helps to know what Jesus teaches us in the first place. Make it a daily habit of getting into the Bible, even for five minutes. I promise you, discovery of truth will be a blessing to you. I know in my life, there's certainly some TV time I could put down uh, for five minutes to open my Bible and have a read. Um, and that is going to be a, a, a challenge to, to many of us, but it is so worth it when we get to know God through the word. What else can we do? We can seek to listen and respond to what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. When you start your day, do you pray? Do you ask him to lead you and guide you, to be, help you to be obedient? This isn't about being religious and adding something to do, but if you're in a relationship with people uh, and you never talk to them uh, or listen to them, how do you expect the relationship to flourish? Spend time in prayer. Ask God to lead you and guide you and help you to be obedient to what he's calling you to do. Choose to take steps. Spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible and devoting time to prayer help us to live out of our new realities, that we are children of God, those who have right relationship with him by the work of Jesus' death and resurrection. Spiritual disciplines aren't rules, but it's helpful relationship advice with the God who loves you and has a good plan for your life. Seek and you will find. Seek the freedom that Jesus offers you. Seek joy. Let's pray. Yeah, Lord God, I just thank you for the way that you have knitted this morning together. Uh, I didn't share any of what I was saying with Drew and Cheryl this morning and everything has come together wonderfully, Lord. I'm so grateful that you are at work uh, today in our lives. I pray, Lord, that all of us would be reminded and that you'd meet us where we are, Lord, but we'd be reminded of the relationship we have with you and that you would just reaffirm in us, Lord, that by your spirit we have, uh, we have relationship with you. It's our experience. Our experience of relationship with you is by your Holy Spirit. And where the spirit is, there is freedom. So, Lord, help us to be a freedom movement. Help us to be a people who walk in freedom. Let us be a people who share the freedom that we have with those around us. So Lord, just be with us. Holy Spirit, keep working in us all this morning and keep our eyes set on you and our ears open to what you're saying to us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.